Welcome to this episode of Christina Talks. Now, I love bringing people onto the podcast where I've had conversations where I've really learned something, conversations that have inspired me, and also conversations that are just so rammed, filled with interest that I just feel the need to have those conversations and share them with the world. So this is going to be one of those. I have no idea what's going to come up in this conversation. This person is an individual who, every time I talk to them, conversation goes in all kinds of different directions because of the wealth of knowledge that they have. So this is going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a fun one, I am sure. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to give you some things to think about in the same way conversations with this person always give me things to think about. Hey, Russell, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, do you know, I've come into this episode with absolutely no agenda, no objectives, no key thing I want us to share because every time we get together, there are just wonderful things that come out of the conversation. So before we get stuck in, I would just absolutely love for you to just introduce yourself um, and just, yeah, let, let people know who you are, what you're about, because it will give some clues as to where we might be heading. Okay, uh, so uh, I'm Russell. Um, I uh, have been uh, in, this is my 40th year uh, working at the Coalface in recruitment. Um, I currently uh, am a co-owner of a recruitment company called FutureWork. Um, which uh, basically specialises in mid to senior uh, executive roles, predominantly around the digital AI and marketing and e-commerce space. Um, I have, uh, in my career, worked with uh, the majority of the FTSE 250 businesses, placing uh, senior and junior people. Um, And I uh, still really enjoy what I do. There's not many people that can say that after 40 years of ups and downs and changes and developments. And I mean, that's crazy. Absolutely. absolutely. I think that uh, for me, I mean, obviously, you've been working in the same industry or the same sector for 40 years. Uh, I've seen it evolve over over, over that period of time. Uh, and and uh you know, i can still recall the the day when i first started in um september 1983 uh in the uh, literally it was a cupboard under the stairs in this office in eton uh and uh, i uh, placed i was i was doing like uh, uh, assistant accountants and credit controllers um i I think I didn't have a clue in terms of what I was doing, but all of a sudden I was talking to people. Uh, I was uh, matching skills with uh, uh, with opportunities, and people were get and and they were joining the companies. And I thought this is very straightforward. I think I know what I think I know. I, I think I can handle this for another three months, and uh, I'll give it another three months. And uh, uh, as I say, forty years later, or thirty nine and a half years later, I'm still I still say oh, I'll give it another three months. And uh, every three months comes, and uh, here I am, basically. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's a um, uh, it's it's really fascinating to see how 
how uh, recruitment uh, recruitment consultancy um, has evolved, um, how the how it has become an industry in its own right, how it has uh, supported the lives of career and careers of so many people um, who have uh, gone on to, um, I guess, help other people basically. And I think that for me. Um, uh, Having sort of started at the, you know, literally at the with, with the very basics, um, you, you evolve your, not just your style, but also what become what are the value the, you evolve the values of what what a recruit what a recruiter should be doing, uh, in my view. Um, so uh, I uh, for me, it's very much about uh, helping uh, helping the individual whilst at the same time understanding the culture ethos values of a business and really matching the two and i think that you know with that with that level of experience um i think you you become uh, it, it it kind of becomes second nature um so often you know when i'm working on an assignment you know you advertise a role um and then you know someone comes across your desk and you look at the cv and then you talk to the person and you just know even before you've seen everybody else you're going to get the job, basically. You because because you know. Um, usually, not all the time, but a lot of, a lot a, a, a lot of the time. Um, and I think that's uh, and I think that's what I, what I enjoy is seeing how some people have um, you've placed people in certain roles, and then you've seen how they have then because they're because they're really good people how how their career has then just flourished and be, and they become you know whatever mdco or indeed they've gone off and said well actually i don't know you doing this anymore i want to go and be i don't know a yoga teacher or or landscape gardener or whatever it, or, or whatever it, whatever it might be but you know that what you do know is that that trajectory that they that, that they're on or what or what they're going through you've had a hand in 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 helping in in helping them along and i think that that's now what gives me the uh the the, the satis that gives me the satisfaction and then i get paid for it as well brilliant you know it's like uh um you know i do what i like and what i what i really enjoy and then uh, uh and then uh you 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 at the end of the month you get you, you get money put in your bank account brilliant you know um what could be better win-win win-win so let's get into this the idea of sort of culture and values and that kind of stuff because i think it's Values are very much driven by the individual. But then when you're working with an organisation and you're looking at sort of organisational culture, organisational values, I'm sure you've seen some examples of what good looks like but and also some examples of where things are perhaps not as they should be. Yes, indeed. So uh, I think that, yeah, I... Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's it's very interesting, Christina. I mean, one one of the things that um, I am, uh, yeah, quite passionate about is uh, diversity and inclusion. Um, uh, in, uh, in in our previous guys uh, at, at Future Work, um, uh, we know that uh, well, probably about twenty years ago, maybe more. Um, we no, it was twenty years ago. Um, we put. Uh, we know we were one of the first people to have a have a policy uh, around what is now considered to be diversity and inclusion. It was all about, you know, we do not discriminate along the following lines sort of thing. And we listed every single every single thing, 
basically. Um, uh, and uh, that really that 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 came out of a conversation with uh, one of the clients I was working with at the time, um, a very well known big four bank, um, and uh, and and their HR director, and uh, talking about sort of uh, uh, you know, I think it was the, there was some of I think it was in the news at the time uh, about discrimination and. Uh, uh basically what she said was he says have you got have you got a have you got a policy and we went well i said we don't really need one because you know we we look at people kind of generally sort of thing and she says no no you really need a policy because that's the way the world is going and we went okay and so we wrote one and that and i think that that was i'm if it was not the first not it was certainly one of the we were certainly one of the first people and we've absolutely subscribed to that for 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 all uh for that whole well obviously before but through that whole period um and uh i just think that that is so important um uh because uh i i i i still encounter it um fortunately not so much in um in in it from a work perspective but just generally sort of unconscious bias towards certain people and um and, and attitudes towards whether it's you know race or creed or sexual orientation or illness or what it or or neurodiversity in particular um there, there there is still this kind of um uh not stigma is not the right word but it's sort of like this, this people have these views that they hold and i think that you know it's very difficult i i accept that it's very difficult for some people to sort of push it to one side and you really have to work at you you really uh if 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 it's something that you've had in the part or something you've got, you have to push it. You have to really sort of focus and put and 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 sort of uh, push it, push it to the side, so that you can be completely open. And I think it's so important in recruitment because you know if you have if 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 you have a view about someone about someone because of X, Y, and Z, A, B, and Z, then um, you are not fulfilling your role, in my view. Uh, both in terms of the individual as well as the company. Um, so uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think that's, I think that that's a very, very important area. Um, and um, you know, sadly, it still exists um, in 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 the workplace. Um, uh, I think you know, we we recently did a blog, um, and it talked about discrimination in the workplace, and uh, you know, the findings were. Uh, uh, not, uh, disappointing, I think. Sad, really, that there is still so much. There's still so much. We've got a long way to go, basically. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting when you bring up, you know, knowing you work with a lot of creative businesses, I feel that when it comes to neuro neurodiversity, neurodiverse individuals working in creative businesses, they can quite often be the best people to have in the business. However, I don't think enough is done to cater for requirements to in order to get the best out of those individuals. So how, mu how much are employers limiting themselves at the minute in terms of that? And how much are candidates, neurodiverse candidates limiting themselves potentially as well? Um, I think it's more, I th I, personally speaking, I think the owners should be on the companies, on, on, the, uh, on, on the hiring uh, organizations um uh to cater for um 
people with neuro pe- people who are neurodiverse. Um, uh, I think that uh, if if we talk about sort of um, you know autism, for instance, and and it's a spec it's a spectrum. You know, people can be you know. Um, uh, have you know a very high degree of autism, um, and obviously you know probably are unable to work in, in any event. But then obviously towards the the, the other end, um, you know, particularly with people with um, Aspergers, and I have firsthand experience of, uh, of 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 people with Aspergers. Um, I think that that what businesses need to do is that they need to um, adjust their uh, how, how they a how they talk to them the, the how how the, the environments that those people work in um, understand that uh, you know in some instances um, particularly with people with Aspergers if you said if you told someone to go and do to go and do something um, then they'll just do it and and they'll, and they'll and if it's a repetitive task they'll do it and they'll do it and and they won't stop until you tell them stop basically. And then they'll stop, and 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 then they stop. But equally, you know, certain uh, people's condition, the, the condition is such that you know they don't like loud noise. Um, oh, excuse me, I will just turn that off. Um, they don't, they don't like, they don't, they don't like loud, loud noise. Um, uh, they don't like bright lights. Um, uh, you know, um, they don't like crisp packets. You know, um, the rustle that a crisp packet makes. Um, it's 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 very it is difficult. But and 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 that obviously lends itself to you know about the individual in that you know they 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 have to understand that obviously they're working with um, neurotypical people who do eat crisps um, that that will have music on 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 a speaker and um, yes it's going to make them feel anxious and uncomfortable but it's about you know understanding that actually I'm working with these people okay that's how it, that's how they are yes no I don't like it but. Maybe I can do something for myself to kind of uh, mitigate the um, issues that those uh, elements um, cause me concern, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the environment re- is really, really important. And especially now, so many people are work from home. And again, you know, I'm all, a lot of the conversations we have around you know, what people do in marketing agencies and creative businesses, because we need to be able to come together as a team to be creative. I mean, the team today, my, my team, we, we've done our weekly live stream we normally do straight after that. We, we're together on a call. And the first half of the call is us just prattling about, basically, taking the miss the there's me trying not to swear and then not getting not forming words at all I'm <laughs> taking the mickey out of each other and just having that you know the banter that would happen if we were in the office together because that's kind of the beginning of that creative spark right now we're going to talk about this project what are we do with it we need some ideas for that we go in here we're doing the we, we we need an idea over there and I think it is being able to create those environments online as well as within a, a physical workplace yes. is really, really important. And if we're not careful, I've worked with um, people that are not neurotypical and sometimes they, they'll they just sit there in their little box on screen and they're not disengaged, but they're not engaged either. No, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, I completely agree. I, I think that... 
Um, I, you know, I'm, I, I know neurodiverse people who are really ebullient. They're very, you know, quite, you wouldn't know, basically. Mm. But then, you know, when you get under the skin and you start talking to them, um, and then, you know, the way in which they may describe something or the way in which they will interact with you, you you can swiftly recognize that actually um uh they um they, they have you know new unique qualities um because it's not negative being neurodiverse i think this is one of the big things being neurodiverse is not negative actually that's a double that's a double it's it's it, it, it's a positive actually mm-hmm. uh because um they look at things things uh uh and i'm talking from experience because my son has uh, is is on the autistic spectrum um uh he looks at things very very differently um in the sense in terms of you know communication conversation um certain uh uh elements i mean he's a, he he's a he's not a creative um he um he he would really struggle in an office environment it's not for him um you know he's a very very bright young man um um but you know because of his because because he is neurodiverse um he he works in a waitrose basically um uh three days a week because that's about as much as he could do um but uh, and and he and he, they, he comes in does what it whatever they ask him to do he does it and then they go and ask him to do something else he does that and then he comes home and then he and then he's he's fine sort mm-hmm. sort of thing but what what's interesting is that um he's also uh and this is the why why it can be so positive to be no, neurodiverse is that um he when it comes to things like uh music um he is unbelievably creative um, he creates sounds um and uh and and the patterns within the music that that he creates on a piano or on a, on a guitar you, you won't have heard before um and and it might and and i'm sure for some it will sound like a cacophony but actually you can hear the structure um and 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 it it becomes it becomes it's it's unique and and i think that there that there are so many people um, who are neurodiverse that have these hidden talents um, that can obviously apply in the workplace um, that, that, that but but equally sort of can you know make this major contribution um, and I just think it's such an untapped um, uh, it, it, it's it's untapped potential I think I read um, it's 78 percent of people on the spectrum are are either unemployed or underemployed um, and I you know I, I yeah I see that I, I, I think I, I think it's the underemployment that is is the is a massive issue, a massive issue. I I know a few people, either firsthand that adults, or are young people, sort of just entering the world of work, and it's interesting that a lot of the adults that I know they were under they were underemployed, and they've now gone into entrepreneurship essentially whether it be a you know accountancy or property or whatever whatever it might be and it's quite interesting to me that they they all appear to be doing well in business and quite comfortably well and and I do believe it's because of that it's a, a different filtering system we all behave we all make decisions based on our values our beliefs 
our ability to control our state and our emotions, I think there's a lot of neurodiverse individuals that they're able to do that on on a on a higher level, essentially. Agree. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, it's um, uh, as I say, it's an untapped potential, and I think that uh, companies um, and indeed, you know, government and educationalists should be looking at that group of people um, very differently to the way that they look 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 at them currently but i think there's a long you know it's a long road to get there christina um you know i think that uh you know even companies that say you know we have a diversity and inclusion policy and we actively promote and we do we do this and we do that and you kind of and then when you sort of start looking under the bonnet basically um in terms of what it is i'm not saying that they pay lip service because that 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 would be um uh basically rude um but i think that there's so much more that mm. companies um could be doing large and small large and small it, it is when we think of these policies we see them being played out it is the you know sexual orientation is you know the, the you know that from a um, a race perspective from a religious perspective even with i think i see a lot of action however you've still got the the lone parent who's stressing as Christmas approaches because they need time off to go to little Jimmy's carol service and you know all, all, all the all the extra things that pop up that yes. if you're not in a situation where you can there's someone to share the responsibility with mm-hmm. or um, you know individuals with elderly parents where they need to take time out for hospital appointments and you know mum's had a fall I need to go and do this it, it's the, the a lot of these you know when we think about inclusion a lot of these things are just because no one's flying the flag i agree with you absolutely i think one one thing that i've noted over the years is that um companies used to have human resources departments mm-hmm. now yeah. human resources you know a resource is like you know the office stationery or it's the uh stuff you keep in the stockroom or uh you know the soap under the under, under the sink that's uh, that's a resource um it's it's like you're treating your workers or your employees uh like something like like a tool of production or or you know to, to manufacture or you know provide the service or whatever you whatever you're doing what i what i particularly like is when companies say we have a head of people because that individualizes you know the the people who are you know who who are who who actually are part of the company or and and are sort of entwined with as i say where i started the ethos the values and the culture of 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 an organization um and i think that uh you know hr well because that was my degree um uh it was all around sort of um it was a long time ago so uh, trade unions and collective bargaining and responsibility and then all the admin stuff that goes with um hr and training and personnel development and and all that kind all, all, all that kind of stuff um uh but now it's about really thinking about you know um the workers or the, or your employees as people 
Um, and it's absolutely right that people, uh, you know, I'm sure an HR, an old HR director thinks, oh my goodness, you know, I've got to go and pick up little Johnny from school, but hey, you know, and and he'll go and he or she will go and do it. But at the same time, uh, you know, if you think of it from a people perspective, oh well, then you know, the, the, those people over there, they they've got they've got they face the same challenges effectively. So you know, it's it's all about. Um, making i think personally making people feel part of something and i think when you start doing that then uh you know what happens is that uh your 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 people will will respect the brand or the or, or 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 the organization they'll respect the ethos and the approach um and um you'll and and they'll be more productive um in in, in my view you know yeah. uh, 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 and, and and I think the other thing to say on on that is that you know obviously from the, the pandemic um, basically revolutionised the way companies thought about where their staff should be, um, and you know it was always before that sort of more ninety percent of companies were you know got to be in the office at nine o'clock and you finish at five thirty, basically. Um, but when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, we can't. No one can come into the office. They're going to have to work from home. What, what, what's that going to do? And, and from the conversations I've had over the last sort of two or three years, it's basically has meant that um, people have become a lot more productive in their um, in in their work because they're able to sort of. Um, you know, obviously, we're talking about uh, people working in, in in offices. You know, it's not it's a bit different if you have to go to you have to go to Waitrose and and, and serve staff because obviously you can't do that from home. But um, you know, p- people w- 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 for office based organisations, um, w- what it's meant is is that people have um, have now got that flexibility and they fit the work that is obviously necessary around around around, around their lives. Um, and I think that that is one of the most, um, I think one of the most exciting developments I, I've seen um, over over the last uh, over the last three years. Now, of course, you know, um, uh, you know, people have started to drift back, and and you know, a lot of people now work sort of two days a week, three days a week in uh, in, in in the office, um, and they have flexibility on a couple of other days. Um, but I suspect, but what I find is that probably about 80, 90% of the clients that we work with are, are work, maybe higher than that, um, are, are, are working a hybrid model now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, talking about my world, which is obviously marketing and agencies and uh, particularly on the agency side, you, you're absolutely right. You you need that sort of, you need people to get together um, physically, in my view, to yeah. get together. To create those ideas, to create that, to create that buzz, that vibe, you know, the the, the, the proposition value for the client, um, uh, that that brilliant piece of creative, you know, that um, that brand, that brand development work, whatever it might be, um, and and you, I don't think you, I, I think yes, you can do it over Zoom or Teams or whatever, but I think when you're actually in a room together or you're Sort of you, you're you're in the environment in which everyone is is uh, recognises as the workplace. Then I think it it it, it adds something. Um, but you don't have to be there five days a week. Exactly. I th- I think this is the thing. It, what what I found was 
going back into the office, we'd got the flip charts around us and the whiteboards around us. We could huddle around someone's computer, go and do this, do that, sketch things out. Being able to work in that way was just next level. Some of the creative conversations, I've literally start spinning on my wheelie chair. You know, you can't do that when you're stuck on Zoom. No. And it's that it's being in a creative environment. I said, we've, we have in the last few weeks decided, made the decision and implemented going fully remote again, but we are still coming together on a regular basis. It's like, we've got this project, this project involves those people. We've got a virtual office with meeting space. We will go in, we'll go in there and we're there for that day to, you know, we're going to be there for the full day, Mm. but maybe two hours of that day is doing that creative work together what it's allowed us to do is be really flexible and say, actually, we're, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it in London. Mm. We're going to do it in Sheffield. We're going to do it in Manchester. We're going to do it in sunny old Daventry where we're based. Yes. You know, it's so it, we're able to go where we need to be, which allows us to bring the clients into it more as well. Indeed. Yeah. No, I, I, I see, I, 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 I see that. I think that, uh, you know, from my, uh, from my from my perspective, one some sort of some kind of moving on with that, you know, Zoom. I do most of my interviews over Zoom because you know, to say to you know, come to my office in Hatton Garden and uh, uh, for three o'clock in the afternoon or four thirty or five o'clock, whatever it might be. Um, you know, it's 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 an ask basically. Whereas Zoom, uh, you can sort of pick up. Um, the uh you you can have those you you can have those conversations however having said that um i still think that meeting people face to face you can it's that that you it's much more nuanced in the sense that you really can sort of you see the person in 3d um and you can you can talk you 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 could talk more openly, you know. When you're talking on Zoom, you know it's it has a purpose. It's you're doing X, Y. You want to get A, B, and C, D, E, F out of that out of that out of that Zoom conversation. Thanks very much. And yeah, you okay? A little little bit of chit chat around the side. But when you're actually sort of talking to a client or a or a candidate, sort of you know, literally face to face, you can you've you've got you've it feels like you've got more time. You might be spending exactly the same amount of time, but you you you're it's it's it flows it it flows better but i think um, it's the energy flow so if i say to you russell indeed. here's your, here's your new concept and on zoom you go yeah that's great i can't feel how much you mean it whereas if when you're in a room to, and i've never been able to really describe what it what it is i've been in in a room with someone and they've gone yeah that's great and i've just gone yeah mm, it's not there is it no, what's missing no. Body language, that's what it is, Christina. I, do you know, I, I don't even think it, I, I, honestly, I think it's something more than that. There's a, when you, especially like branding, okay, a branding concept, when you when you show it to someone for the first time, there is, it's almost micro expressions. Yes. There's this energetic shift. If they like it, you it hits you. Yeah, it's you. You just you get that wave of excitement, or you don't. And I, I just I've never felt that over Zoom with someone. No, I, 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 I hear you. I that 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 resonates. 
Uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, one of, the th- one of the things I say about Zoom is that uh, you never, when, you, when, you, when you're talking to someone over Zoom, you never know how tall they are, basically. Um, uh, and, uh, you, and so therefore you don't necessarily get that sort of that, that full impression of that, of, of, of that person. Um, and I think that, that these are some of the elements that, 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 that you miss by sort of doing um every, every everything over video you know i've got i've got you know i picked up a new client this week um and the first thing i said was uh i need to meet you you know I'd, I'd, uh, and 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 i you know, and i want to come to your offices why because i want because when i go in when i go into a uh, a company's office um and i get you know whether it's experience intuition i don't know um but you can feel the culture you know, just by the way in which people are interacting with each other, um, the way you know, the sort of the hum, the bars, even when it's you know everyone's half the people are working from home, you can still pick you can still pick that up. Is it a tidy space? Is it an untidy space? Um, are there pictures everywhere? Um, uh, are they showing off their awards? Are they proud of their awards? Are they? Uh, uh, it's a sim- It can be as simple as you know the you know what is the state of their of of individual desks? You know it, these are little subtle things that you just cannot get um, just by talking to someone sort of one to one over 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 a vid- over a video screen really. Um, and um, you know I think that but. Having said all that, I think there's a balance, you know. I mean, we we work we we work remotely now. We don't we we none of us go go, go to Hatton Garden because why should why should we why why do we have to you know we just it's just might as well sit here and uh, you know when I finish at six o'clock I can just go into the other room and uh, um, you know watch television basically. Whereas you know if I'm in Hatton Garden I'd have to get on my motorbike and ride up and you know get stressed you know with the uh, all the bad drivers and stuff um, and <laughs> um, and uh, I don't have any of that anymore so um yeah I I think th- I think it's all around balance really um and uh I I, uh, I I like the clients that sort of say you know we're flexible you know if you want to come in come in if you don't you don't have to other than you know we'd like you here sort of Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesdays uh tuesdays wednesdays and thursday whatever it might be sort of sort of sort of, sort of thing but, um but i but but conversely this is interesting is that i think that you know when people say i only want to work two days a week or i only want to work three days a week or or, or whatever it might be you 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 have to say to particularly in in, in the agency world you go no it doesn't work like that you know you cannot you, you you cannot demand because you know for instance if you're a, a an account director or an account manager and you're pitching or a client's coming they can only come in on a on a friday at four o'clock in the afternoon and you need to and and you're you're presenting work or whatever or, or discussing a strategy or whatever it might be you've got to go because otherwise it's, there's no business yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that, and I, and and uh, you know that I think that that ethos comes from you know myself, uh, well us as recruiters, because often um, you can only talk to people um, either at the very beginning of the day or at the very end of the day because you're going to have discrete conversations about you know a job or a 
or um, a, a, a a particular situation, really. So um, that's that's I, I so so you know whenever I talk to uh, someone about an opportunity, I say yeah, it's two days a week. But if you need to go, if there may well be times because of the nature of the of of the industry that you work in, that there may be two weeks, you know, t- um, two weeks when you're in. Um, yeah, every day, Monday to Friday, and not only you're not working nine till five, you're working from eight till two in the morning because you've got to get the work done. Sort of yeah. thing. Accept it. You know that's the world that you live. That that is that is the that is the world. Do, do you know? I I honestly think people see the world of marketing and advertising as something very glamorous. Yes, I qualified. Yes, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I, I think maybe people outside of the industry might, might, might see it like that. Mm. Um, uh, I think that uh, it's, it's definitely changed in the time that I've been, you know, involved with the industry um, since um, you know the, the mid eighties, basically when I first started uh doing uh, um direct marketing recruitment um which was back then a new it was this you know new thing direct marketing direct mail oh look you know there's a there's a whole industry we can grow up uh, around that and uh, you know list companies and uh and then uh people recognized that uh you can start doing targeting and by by looking at certain different segments of, of with people with different with different different skills like businesses like icd that you know would sort of like you fill in the surveys and then those surveys would get all these millions of surveys would then be sold by these businesses so that then businesses could then start using these you know newfangled things called compute like um pcs to sort of you know start you know slicing and dicing the data so they could target specific people who have an interest in whatever it might be cats or dogs or wine or sofas or um or handbags whatever you know um and and that way and then you and then it started and then it's and and that's how it that that's how it that's how everything i guess the whole world of data and now data science evolved out of that very basic thing um back then but the point about um uh you know the the aces is that was it glamorous well yeah i mean you, you if you were going to take an agency principal out um for, for lunch uh, you know, you wouldn't, well, it didn't exist back then, but you wouldn't have taken them to McDonald's or Nat, well, McDonald's did, but you wouldn't have taken them to Nando's. You took, you went to the Ivy or yeah. Lascargo or um, the Rue Brothers or, or someone, or, or some, or somewhere like, or, or somewhere like that. Um, and uh, you, and, and, or Mezzo back in the day, which was in uh, Wardle Street. I don't know, don't know if you're, you probably don't remember that one. No, but, I don't uh, remember. No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, all these glamorous sort of places where people used to uh, sort of uh, spend, uh, go for lunch at one o'clock and sort of, sort of crawl out of there at sort of half past 10 at night, sort of thing, <laughs> and uh, hail a cab home, sort of <laughs> kind of thing. That, so, I think that there, there there was that element, but the actual sort of the actual nuts and bolts of of marketing is kind of it can be quite repetitive. Um, you've got a lot of elements that you have to think about if you're let's say you're doing a shoot. You know, um, it's not just about sort of well we'll get um, I don't know what, what you know Steven Spielberg to do the direction. He can worry about you know the camera angles. You know, you've got to get the equipment there. You've got to get the actors. You. You've got to get insurance. You've got to get the sets. You've got to make sure that you know you've 
that all the elements are in place all all at the right all all, all, all are there all, all at the right time you've then got to make sure that the um whatever you're creating um uh sort of um ties in with the with the proposition and what it is you're actually trying to trying to advertise you know is it about is it a call for action is it is it about branding is it um uh is it awareness it, it there's so many elements to it and uh you know i think the world um i i, I think the life of an account manager is very very different today to what it was you know 25 years ago um again because there are so many different channels that you have to communicate your proposition or whatever it is you're you're, you're advertising across all these different uh, across all these different channels um and and uh if you don't think about that and you don't sort of get things to fit properly um you're going to create a terrible ad at the, at the end of the day or or you know people can say we've spent millions of pounds or a million pounds on an ad or a hundred thousand whatever it might be and we've got no response so there's so the, the, i think account managers have to be in my view um a lot more analytical um they have to really um know about all the different processes um uh they have to be great relationship builders um and um at the same time they have to sort of understand again like what we do as recruiters what is the ethos and you know what are the values that we're trying to get across on whatever campaign that we're doing basically so um it's very different very very different yeah it's it's interesting the way you say to that because i do as an agency owner i do very much feel like a bit of a a um a chameleon at times i, I nearly use that word <laughs> yeah it you know one minute it's like i'm there in the data and it's like what what the actual results been like what what can we tweak what can we change okay let's let's change this one four weeks time what what's the data telling us again and it's like you 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 get sucked in by that in the next meeting, I'm like I said, literally there's flip charts everywhere, whiteboards. I've got my coloured pens. We're mapping stuff out, post-it notes everywhere, and in a real creative zone. It it it, it is just a, we're constantly flitting in between all these roles, and I think everyone in an agency business needs to have the ability to do that. Completely agree. Um, I think also on the client side as well, you know, sort of uh, marketing uh, people who sort of, you know, brand managers, product managers, um, social media managers, CRM, whatever it might be. Uh, again, um, the those roles have also evolved um, over um, over over that period, um, and I, th- I, 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 and I think that. What marketing does is it bridges the divide between between creativity and analytical, um, uh, and and you you have to have both. Uh, with the added element of well, you've got to you know if, if if let's say you're coming up with an idea or you're launching a new product or you've got a or, or you've got a specific sort of you you want a particular approach and you need to get you know uh, a budget. You've got to go and explain it to someone who, you know, looks at you as a marketer and thinking, well, you know, justify why you are spending a hundred thousand. You know, what's my return going to be? Basically, the FD. Well, what's that? If you spend X, what am I going to get back in? What 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 are we going to get back in return? Sort of thing. So 
you, you so you've got to have all these skills within within marketing broadly speaking which which from my perspective you know having started life as a uh you know as a uh, when i was in short trousers as a accountancy sort of doing account accountants um you know for three years um which was like you know can they add up you know were have they been a credit controller are, have they got a part qualification are they a chartered person are they got cost whatever whatever qualification and have they worked in a similar sort of similar 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 sort of business it was very you know it was not, not much thought you just didn't a bit more black up. and white maybe Correct. Exactly. A lot more. It's a lot. It's a lot more black and white. It's the same, you know. And and I'm and I'm casting no dispersions here. Um, but the same. If you're, let's say, I don't know, looking for a solutions architect in IT or uh, a software engineer, you know, do they know how to use Java or whatever the program is? Yes. Tick. Um, uh, have they worked in a similar culture and environment to the the client? Yes. Tick. Okay. Fine. Two ticks. They're in. Not quite. But you, I think mm. you, you see what I'm saying. But you know, with marketing, it's all these different it, it there's all these different elements, and I struggle to think of any other uh, business discipline where there is that sort of you know chameleon-like uh, mm. uh, uh, approach. And that's why you know back then, you know, you know, thirty years or more ago, I um I, I decided to switch. I thought I don't want to do accountants anymore. Boring. Um, I want to go do something, you know, glamorous. I, I want to go and work with some proper weirdos. Yes. <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it was, it was, it, it it was fun. I remember, you know, we, um, uh, you know, thinking back to I think '86 when I when I first they said come go and run um go and run an office. This is sort of two. So this was two. My first company I joined in in recruitment. I was with them for uh six i think uh when did i leave? yeah six seven years basically um i ended up running the the west end office um but the, for me to run the the west end office uh i they, they had an accountancy recruiter they said well you know we need someone to do this this thing what they, we've got a marketing person but there's this thing called direct marketing and we want you to learn about that i went okay fine um and um i started it uh i started the direct marketing division um uh at the, exactly the same time when a magazine called precision marketing was um was was starting and um you know it was run by uh at the time central communications it, I, I don't know whether it still exists or not it probably doesn't uh because no one reads magazines anymore <laughs> trade magazines probably online. an online version yeah i'm sure there is um uh, I think it's all anyway. Um, and uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm brand new in the market. There's there were three other people who were really well established in in DM recruitment at the time. How can I create my own um, sort of my own personal space sort of thing? So what I so what I did was was because in, in back back in the day, the these magazines, the, the the job ads were at the, always at the back of the magazine. So what I did was well, I know what I'll do. I'll create a cutout coupon fill in your details post it back because no, no internet um no email um send it back to me and uh they were like chucking it out to you know all these different companies at the time all the direct marketing agencies and banks and goodness uh, know who else as well i got a, I, I got 50 or 60 responses and that formed the basis of well 
the business uh, at that time, ergo, you know, where I am today, effectively, mm-hmm. because direct marketing has now evolved into um, e-commerce, um, as I said earlier, data science, um, uh, you know, online uh, online advertising, that the roots of it all all stem from direct marketing. And we always said back in the day, uh, um, you know, I'm sure that the, the direct marketing people will inherit the world. Um, and they have, basically, mm-hmm. you know, um, you have to be, it's not just about the brand, because as I say, you know, marketing was all about brand. It was all about, you know, it was all about the brand, the brand getting the, doing the ads, getting them on the TV, uh, in the newspaper, uh, on the radio, cinema, that was it kind of thing. Um, and the, creating that brand awareness and saying, we are a brilliant brand. And marketing directors were predominantly from that sort of, usually came from a classic background, FMCG background, one of the big sort of uh, manufacturers. Um, now you, you you look at CMOs uh, because they, they're known, yes, you still have marketing directors, but now they call chief marketing officers. Um, very, very different, um, uh, often very, very different sort of uh, backgrounds and experiences from a career from a, from a career perspective uh, um uh much more open different you know different different experiences different companies um just just different mm-hmm. from 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 then with the you know thinking about those changes going from the the dmp i mean i always say that the stuff we do today in marketing obviously you know i do loads around social media email marketing that kind of stuff it all tracks back to the way marketing was done 10 20 30 40 it, we've just got shinier tools to implement with that's all it comes down to yeah however with what's the you know the new and next when it comes to marketing the introduction of ai how that's being used the chat gpt all, all that sort of stuff I'm sort of watching how it's all playing out at the minute because I still believe we're doing the same stuff just with shinier tools. But I think this is probably maybe one of those times in history where everything's going to just take a massive leap. Yes. And we might uh, actually see things really change. So, um, you know, one, uh, we we were fortunate in that sort of nine months ago, um, someone we know very well, uh, is basically establishing an AI consultancy, an established AI consultancy uh, from overseas, um, bu- building building their capabilities in the UK. Um, and he basically engaged us to do his recruitment. Um, now, you know, the fact that is, you know, the fact that we know data science um, kind of helps. But at the same time, what that has meant for us is that we've had to get up to speed in terms of AI. And and all its um, and and all the likely outcomes as a result of it very 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 quickly. Um, so um, I you know I I call myself the one-eyed giant in the land of the blind as far as uh, AI AI recruitment is concerned. Um, but uh, you know one thing I do see about it is, and I use this analogy when when uh, the internet first, when people started, you know, the, the web became a thing uh, around ninety three, ninety four. Um, uh, you know, we were we were working with retailers. I was working with retailers, bank, whoever it might might have been, and people and people saying, well, we need someone who can you know build a website so that you know we can um, you know advertise our wares 
on on this on this thing called the internet, basically. And we went, okay, so we need people who can, you know, can build websites. And everyone's thinking, well, how do we, you know, scratching their head, who can we get to build to build website? Well, you know, you get a, get a software developer. They're not going to do it because they're not they're not creative. You know, they they know how to sort of program and do wonderful things. Um, what about you know, like an art director or something like? Well, they're great, but they haven't got the they haven't got the the, the computer skills basically. Um, so you know, cotton on to the idea. Well, actually, there were these things called CD-ROMs. So why don't we get CD-ROM people and convert them to become um, web web builders or web managers, as they were called back then? And that's what we did. And um, yeah, I started. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. Started banging them in. <laughs> to- <laughs> <laughs> to, to 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 various businesses and um again we became the sort of the well for, i think for the first year or so we were probably the go-to people because we'd cottoned on to the fact that you know people who could create cd-roms that everyone was creating these interactive cd-roms that you know played games and you know you do this and it was all algorithmy kind of stuff basically um they could they or they do a different set of tools to create um uh websites i can't remember the tool i used to play with it something maker um anyway um it's probably gone the way of the dinosaur now um uh and uh yeah and and coding in html so i mean i i actually taught my i i couldn't i couldn't do it now but we actually we set up i built i built a website and i coded in html based on you know i had this uh program that i used to use and you know you you could manipulate the code and and, and stuff like that you don't need anything like that now these days it's all done for you mm-hmm. but the point the point i'm making about that is that um yeah it's the same now with in terms of ai people don't have you know are, are not ai specialists or you know specific areas with, with within ai but the way i just would the way that ai is going to impact the world is if you think of how the internet and the web has impacted uh, society um, today, sort of 20, how many years, 30 years on, what AI will do in a much shorter time, you times it by 100. And that's the impact of AI. It is going to be absolutely, it's not evolutionary, it's 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 going to be, you know, re- revolutionary. And, um, you know, some, you know, some days when I sort of give myself brain space and I start thinking about some of the applications where it, where it can, uh, where it can be utilized. Um, it's going to make lives so much easier. I, it's, and just as an adjunct to that, I read today, someone, um, I think I, I was reading on LinkedIn that Rishi Sunak, prime minister met with, uh, I think the head of, of, of uh open minds and a few other kind of big kind of british um sort of ai businesses and he said well you know we're going to put 100 million pounds in there and someone who's a who's a creative saying it's going to be a disaster i'm going to be out of work you know it's going to put hundreds of thousands of people out of work um and uh he's sort of right but at the same time you, you know particularly with, when it comes to creativity ai uh creativity is about emotion it creates emotion uh, um, uh, you know, it's what you feel about, you know, a picture or a piece of music or an advert or whatever it might be. It's it's an emotional. It, it as I say, it creates an emotion. Uh, AI is never ever ever going to be an emotional. Uh, it can mimic emotion, but it will never be able to do that. And um, I think that you know, uh, humans will always have 
that element of um, creativity above and beyond what AI can do. Yes, it can manipulate pictures and make it look like the Pentagon's blown up and that, um, you know, uh, whatever it might be sort of thing. You know, some of these memes that you see yeah. on, uh, um, you know, uh, I saw something there which I, which I, which, um, uh, yeah, was, was uh, where someone had taken someone's voice a very well-known personality's voice and made them say some, you know, pretty disgusting things. And it's their voice. And yes, it can do that. But but the element behind that, it's not the, the machine didn't come up with the idea to do that. It was the human being behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, creativity um, will always be uh, the domain of, of a creative human. So he's completely wrong. You know, it might... In my yeah. view, I, I do think that not just people within the world of marketing, but all businesses really need to look at not how can they use AI, but how can they leverage it? Yes. And that's that's the difference. 100%. You know, it, it's all in the leveraging. What we put in is going to affect what we get out of it. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, these kind of these doom merchants that say, well, everyone's going to be sort of doing absolutely nothing um are uh are wrong mm. because what it will do is it will it will actually enhance that thinking um and that and that capability it is just a, it is just a tool uh, mm. at the end of the day um it will never be sentient because you because it can't be uh because it's a machine um i you know i and i try and, and what i try and do difficult sort of cast my mind a hundred years uh, you know, a hundred hundred years from now. So we're talking twenty one, twenty three, sort of thing. You know, when we're when we're sort of not here anymore. Um, you know, will computers be sentient? No, because all they'll be doing is just you know running you know all these different programs all at the same time, probably to give the impression that they're they're, they're sentient. Um, but they won't. But they but they never will be. Um, and and you can't you you cannot create that. That human, you cannot create that human spark. You know, uh, what you know. As I'm a big fan of things like Star Wars, and uh, you know, sort of, and on all these kind of little androids, and they kind of the way they interact. And uh, there was something that I was watching where um, this person was in front of a, an android, sort of telling this android, you know, have you got any problems, any issues, anything I can help you with at the moment. And uh, no, 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 no. And he goes, well, that's very good. Have a nice day sort of thing. You know, it didn't kind of, it, it, it just follows an algorithm, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's what they're going to do. That, that's all, that's, that's, they'll, they'll never be sentient. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that, that fear mongering, I think is, um, uh, is uncalled for. It's, it's, it's just fear mongering uh, in, in, in my, in, in my view. It's a fascinating area, and you know I think we're so lucky to be sort of sort of being involved in that as we are at the moment, uh, working with this and indeed you know potentially another clients as well um, in the, in in this space because uh, you really sort of get under the skin and you really see kind of you know what it is what it really is because there, there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of misinformation around it. Um, I think that uh, yes, that there have to there has to be um, sort, of, uh, sort of you know limits in terms of its ability, um, but at the same time, you know, you put the guardrails. That's the word I'm thinking of. These you put you put in guardrails. 
And clearly there will be bad actors that will uh, exploit it to do, you know, uh, bad things. But at the same time, you know, you can just as there are, you know, you have you have um, uh, virus scanners on your your PC. You'll have the same for AI. You know, you'll be able to there are already programs out there. Um, that you know can spot whether something has been written by ChatGPT or um, the Google one or the Bing one, uh, um, uh, yeah, whatever it's called, um, and uh, you can actually sort of, and it will tell you, yeah, this has been written by a machine. Yeah, it's very, it's, yeah, fascinating, fascinating area. Really um, is. Yeah, it's really. it's a, it's kind of a shame that well, this is, this is me talking personally now. You know, obviously. Uh, as I'm sure people can see, I've been doing it, as I say, 40 years. Uh, I'm of a certain age. I'd love to be around in another 40 years to see how this is going to uh, evolve. And I'd love to be doing recruitment in 40 years' time <laughs> as well <laughs> to uh, sort of find the, you know, in, in, in how people are going to sort of interact with uh, uh, in, 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 in these new in these new environments, really. But uh um, you know, unless uh, unless a miracle happens, I mean, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Never, never say, say never. never. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Can you imagine? <laughs> Russell, um, it's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We've covered. I, I knew we would cover a bunch of stuff, which is why I kind of came in, sort of you know, empty head, no agenda, because we, we always do whenever we get together. It's like conversation goes everywhere. So I'm, I'm so glad it's been a, um, an authentic conversation. And I know people will have picked stuff up from this. If there's things they want to dig in into a deeper level with you on, um, where's the best place for them to find you? Is it LinkedIn? Anywhere else you want to direct people to? LinkedIn, my website, uh, uh, www.future-work.com co.uk um those are probably the the, the 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 two best places where um i uh where, where i lurk i guess um yeah yes i have facebook um and all that kind of stuff um but um i use that for my side gigs more more than my uh <laughs> my work things sort of thing so absolutely and we didn't even get as far as the side gigs this time it, it, russell is a very interesting guy he mentioned the motorbike already but there's um yeah there, there's there's an awful lot more to find out so go go check him out and connect um exactly. russell again thank you so much for joining me today really, it's a really pleasure thank you time. for having me christine i really enjoyed the conversation and uh uh hopefully we can do it again sometime absolutely